This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. that within every normal system there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society. Can you hear me? I can hear now you now. Now we can, yeah. Okay, so welcome back to <laughs> Mutual Aberration Society. Um, I'm Ryan Jackson, as always, um, and technical difficulties uh, have arisen, but we have it. Yeah, that's that's why he sounds like he's coming in from Tin Can, folks. Sorry. We have, uh, we have it going now. So um, today, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be talking about the 1987 film, uh, The Shinjuku Love Story. And I have on uh, a pair of guests um, from the Marvelous podcast, um, Nicole and Stu. Uh, so Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is the moment uh, where I allow you guys to introduce yourselves to the listeners. So tell everyone who you guys are and what Marvelous is. You, you, own- you take a crack at this first, dude. Uh, all righty. Uh, I'm uh, Tyrell James, a.k.a. Discourse Stew, uh, hypothetically a writer, uh, podcaster uh, with Nicole. Uh, we do Marvelous or The Death of Cinema. A podcast charting the decline of the modern Hollywood blockbuster as it becomes dominated by the Marvel Cinematic Universe and likewise kind of mega franchise IP uh, algorithmically generated gruel. Um, pretty, pretty concise. And yeah, I'm his bimbo co-host, Nicole. Um, I'm also a local, uh, and by local, I mean Boston area-based uh film media writer and i uh yeah i I, and i choose to do this podcast where i have to watch lukewarm ip crap um and and riff about it except some sometimes it's 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 decent uh most of it's not um but yeah, we're well, this is a nice break from what we usually have to do when we come on to record stuff. Although we did we did do like Batman Returns, and that's genuinely a fantastic movie. But it's 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 odd we get to really talk about things and have them be like, oh, this is a this is a movie that kind of like no longer exists anymore, and. Like a like a, uh, we're like I guess this is like a real hidden gem of a movie because I couldn't even find any like real information about it anywhere, uh, which is is interesting. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're we're talking Shinjuku love story. <laughs> well, that's a big reason why I started this podcast is. Kind of a rea- in a, in a on, an odd way, and one of the reasons I, I kind of enjoy your your guys's podcast, in an odd way, the Marvel Universe, uh, my my podcast is sort of a response to that, and not not necessarily directly, but sort of, because highlighting movies like this, right, movies that sort of don't typically get 
talked about or even are really well known, especially here in the West. Uh, the reason, the big reason why I seek these movies out is because we live in a sort of homogenized uh, post-Marvel world. The you know? smooth world, yes, is, I think of it. And it's a big, it's, you know, like, even though it wasn't like a direct, I'm always, another thing, I'm always complaining about Marvel on, on this podcast. I do it a lot because they are the biggest, like, thing moving right now or going, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's like half the box office every year. Right, right. And then they announce phases, like phase, I don't even know what phase they're on now. And it's like 60 slated movies. And it's like, it's just, a, it's just an assembly line of, you know, just Kevin Feige, you know, uh, steered horseshit. So like immediately, of course, I'm going to be attracted to a podcast that's soul. <laughs> um, Thank you. Our, our modus operandi, it's, unless unless it's an episode where you you got to like, I mean, our, my thing is like, you know, the, the only reason I got into those movies is because Chris Evans is hot and I stand by that. But Marvel movies, I, I made this tweet today, like the day of MCU movie wins like an acting, a, a like a, a act, major acting award, a major like production, like best picture or or like writing award. That's going to be the absolute death of cinema. Um, just for, for me, at <laughs> least like, but well, the, it remains to be seen. It's already, the, which is funny because like the Oscars set up that like what was the audience oh, yeah. choice yeah. Uh, category last year, and it ended up going. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is clearly just so Spider Man, uh, far for far from home, no way home can win an award." And it ended up going to the fucking Army of the Dead movie from yeah. Zack Snyder that was shit that they had to edit Tig Notaro into on a green screen. Hell yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm of the thinking that like even the prestige movies now are sort of um, a response to the Marvel films in their own kind of weird way. Like uh, I'm, I'm of the. I've gone on record to say like the past at least I don't know ten years. Like the majority of the films that you see that are prestige movies that get get nominated for Oscars are also terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not really good movies. What they have is the sheen, the sheen, yeah. of, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're, like facsimil they're facsimiles of something else. Yeah, everything's kind of desaturated and everybody all stares at each other very serious and it's says, right. you know. It's a carbon copy. Yeah, it's like the movie, that movie Coda, which is basically, no one I know is actually solid. It was an Apple Plus movie. It's not even <laughs> like who who has Apple Plus. Oh wait, people who watch like Ted Lasso, which I'm convinced is like a psyop, and this show doesn't actually exist. It's just like right, right. And, and that movie is not even. There's not even. A, they don't even have a physical. You can't even buy a physical copy of it at all. It's not even. A, there's not even a boutique Blu-ray release. It's just that's movie. troubling. And it's pretty much a, what we would have considered in the past a uh, Hallmark movie. So that's that's what that's what the sort of important cinema has been reduced to now in the era that we're in so like and i do blame marvel i do blame marvel for that <laughs> oh they shoulder a lot of the responsibility or yeah. at least by by not just marvel but more specifically like the walt disney company right. um right. warner brothers yeah. also holds just as much guilt so like i think they announced they're going to completely phase out physical media releases which isn't insane which is 
why I think like, you know, keep circulating the tapes, physical media is very, very important. Uh, so folks, if, if you're a uh, DVD Blu-ray hoarder, like I am, keep going. You're doing us a favor. Okay. So now, now that we've gotten the, the obligatory Marvel shitting on uh, out of our system, I'm sure we'll come back to it. Uh, oh, oh, of course. <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and do what I usually do, which is read the boilerplate, uh, usually bad letterbox synopsis for these movies. Um, sometimes they're good though, so I can't I can't really say, but we can never tell. So, like mine, I, I've <laughs> never made a bad letterbox review, and that's the truth, right, Sue? Right. Well, I don't read them. I just hit like. And oh fuck you! <laughs> okay, so the Shinjuku love story, uh, love story of Shinjuku, our fugitive man that falls in love with an upper class daughter. Those are the actual words that are written. Um, She's not really upper class. We don't even see her home life. <laughs> but she's just... so I can. I'm sorry if I mispronounced this name. Ichi Joya is a street punk. Namamuro. He goes by Namamuro. Well, in this again, this yeah, is the but that's his like first name. Yeah, I'm yeah, guessing because yeah. his name is literally on the back of his jacket. Really, uh, yeah. Did you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought that was like some designer. Well, or something. Fu Fuamara, I'm gonna call him, is a street punk who accidentally stumbles across Mary and her cat. Mary and Fukumara immediately fall in love, but they are chased both by the mafia and corrupt cops. See, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, wrong, not the mafia, it's the Yakuza. <laughs> Yakuza, see what I mean by these these, these letterbox uh, plot? That's a, I think that's also just like taken well, from actually. the movie. Yeah. Uh, page for it as well as the imdb page it's, like, it's which the tells only how... description you'll find of that yeah. movie online from what i could tell in english there's, anyway. there's not a lot about this movie when you search for it um uh which is very surprising for me um well again it is a story about you know two young kids actually one's a 20 year old guy and the other one's a 17 year old girl in high school shout out to uh Japan for always doing that weird shit. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was like the same with like something that actually it they're like Stu, you described this kind of as a screwball comedy when I saw your your review yeah, on Letterbox. Or, but like I was thinking, um, you know, it helps especially because Ma Mari has like the cat uh, Choco or Chaco, dependent on the subtitle at the time. But like it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Sailor Moon, like uh, Serena. Uh, <laughs> Usagi and Mamoru or you know if you grew up with the the OG bad children's dub Serena and Damien uh, or Darian whatever um didn't they have a similar kind of age gap where he was like 18 oh no 17, no that, that, theirs is more pronounced because because yeah he's like legally an adult and I think in the in the Japanese anime Usagi's like 13 no, she's she's not 13. 13 don't or even, 14. But she's like, 14. Don't even get me started. You're not about to like clown me over Sailor Moon facts. Well, here's the thing. Culturally, like, and this is something I know from reading. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, the, the writer uh, Ryu Murakami? Um, he wrote- I, I know Ur Murakami. I haven't read any, well, of, any of Murakami though. There's, uh, which There's two famous writers Murakamis. Ryu is the one who- he wrote a uh, piercing audition, which Takashi Miike obviously made into a movie. Um, oh, okay. I, I'm thinking of the one who makes the bit, does the big ass books. Yeah, that's the other guy. That's the okay. Other. I'm thinking of the other guy. 
Well, real Murakami, he he does a lot of these sort of really dark, you know, um, I guess you could call them genre adjacent kind of books. But he does do a lot of, it's set in places like Shinjuku, right? And one of the things that he explores is sort of, he literally has a movie that he directed called Tokyo Decadence, right? But he kind of explores these sort of like, uh, kind of these areas that are equivalent to like the Japanese red light district, right? And like, and Mm -hmm. like a big part of, and I don't know how it is today in Japan, but there was a big problem with high school girls, basically what they called selling it. Which is basically well. If there was a big like, I only kind of know this tangentially just because it related to some of like the stuff I would read, especially in like research uh, while I was at grad school. But like, uh, uh, there was like a big juvenile delinquency scare um, amongst teenagers, and like especially like teenage girls in like the early, like the late eighties, early nineties yeah. in Japan. Um, that's that's as far as I'm remembering off the top of my head right now, but I do know that was like a a big kind of like scare yeah. amongst the population. Ryu Murakami wrote a book called Coin Locker Babies because apparently there was a there was I guess if you wanted to call it an epidemic of young girls getting pregnant and then putting the babies in those little coin lockers that you find at like train stations. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing a reference to that somewhere. Yeah. So, so culturally, like just from the standpoint of like, yeah, this movie doesn't, it's not a very serious film. It's a fun film. It's an entertaining film. But to see sort of like the dynamic of a young high school girl. And again, I, it, it's very innocent. Like th- that's what I will say about this movie. Like the way the depiction of the yeah. between, uh, that, the- yeah, that it was, it was very sweet. Sweet, right? It's not like it's very sweet. It's not like it's actually all of the other men that they encounter are kind of like shit. The fact this movie is is a <laughs> cab as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a cab. It's definitely the police are depicted as pieces of shit, and that they're, matter- they're just as bad as the right, if not, if not worse. Right, if not worse by the end of the movie. But to give people a sense of like how this movie begins, it's sort of like one of those movies where. You know, it's it begins like, with a great montage is what right. it begins with. It, it shows you Shinjuku, right? It shows you Shinjuku mm-hmm. at that time and like all his glory. Um, and you're introduced to the main character who's just a drifter, right? More or less. Like he's, he's a punk with a heart of gold. Right, right. He, he's straight out of a shonen anime yeah, from like yeah. the 90s. Definitely got a, cool, he's got a cool leather jacket with like, as we said, with his name on the back. Yeah, bit, bit of a pompadour. Bit of a pompadour. Well, yeah, it's, it's a little bit. I was getting like, like, I was getting like Joe star energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jojo's energy a little bit, but I, I always say that about any like really likable yeah. male protagonist who's, or, or yeah, they're just like, you know, the punk and the, the, the eighties, nineties, Japanese, like delinquents, like with a heart of gold. Like that's, I love those guys. That's my favorite gender. Yeah. And, and it's sort of, he definitely is that, that, that delinquent with the heart of gold. He's also like a murder savant. Like, uh, <laughs> is, yeah, they don't really, they don't give his backstory or yeah, anything. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he's he just really good at killing trips dick, <laughs> like, first. Well, he, this, he's he like a Hitchcock um, protagonist. He doesn't, I, I noticed the movies very pointedly, he doesn't mostly kill anybody in the movie. He just kind of like beats guys up and shoots them in the leg. Well, he he's very good at that. He's really good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like he likes he like break. Remember in, the, in further in the movie when he's like fighting the guy with the samurai sword and he like breaks. he breaks the sword. He takes. Oh it yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the fuck is, is this fucking Kill Bill all of a sudden? Like, goddamn. Oh, yeah, he is just yeah gifted at at violence, um, and everybody just he's a superhero. You can't catch a break. He just everybody just gets pissed off at him. Yeah, well, you know all the time. Like um. He kind of reminded me of, have either of you seen Do Ra Ra Ra, the anime? No. Oh, okay. There's oh, a, there's a, seen it. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a character, uh, his name is Shizuo. He's like a bartender with like a terrible temper, but his whole thing is he's like weirdly inhumanly strong. Um, and they, they attribute that to, he just drank a lot of milk when he was younger and he just like was able to throw an entire refrigerator at, at someone when he was like seven. And now he could just like, he just like, (laughs) that's his whole thing. And it just, it reminds, he reminded me of that a little bit. Just, just, we we don't need, why is he strong? We don't, we we don't don't need to know. Like, and a modern movie now would try like to explain like, oh, it's a genetic experiment or something. Right. That's refreshing though, because we do live in, in, when, when, in the era of like this sort of executive note, right? Like if you were making the movie in Hollywood, you know, um, you would get notes about sort of explaining everything. Like they want to have, Because they feel like they have, let's be honest, they have contempt for the audience, right? They, really it's, they think they're babies that need yeah, to be yeah, spoon yeah. fed. Well, they, the movies, to be fair, the movies that like like Marvel films are for adult babies. So like <laughs> that, like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, let's give this adult, adult baby, got to understand, the baby has to understand. <laughs> give me my milk, bitch. <laughs> yeah, basically. So this movie is is refreshing for, for a lot of reasons, but that being one of them, like just, just yeah, they just, this guy's good. He's just really good. He's, you know what I mean? Like he just is like, cause the way we're introduced to him and, and the way that him and, and Mari cross paths is just like chance, right? They're just out in Shinjuku and he literally, her cat runs away and her <laughs> go look Ch- at her Chaco. Chaco, which again, Chaco. She's, well, flirt, well, well, she takes, she, she's the, the, here, the important thing is she's out with her friend and they're skipping school. Yes. Uh, so she can bring Chaco, her cat to get a bath. So she's presumably she skipped school with her friend just to take her cat to get a bath <laughs> and to buy <laughs> Nintendo games and to buy Nintendo games. Yeah, yes, which was I was like, oh, it's such scary juvenile delinquency. <laughs> right. So they're trying to take they're skipping school and her cat gets away um, and they chase after the cat and then they find the cat. They hear a noise actually first. Right. Yeah. He's like, oof, and they're like, oh, no, something. you see the cat lying on top of the body of. <laughs> Our, our guy our main guy <laughs> that's his only weakness cats right yeah they, the, go ahead go ahead <laughs> well, i was just gonna say i mean in, in addition to just being a, an insanely tough cat it's kind of like a cat of destiny like it kind of always leads the characters where they need to go in, yeah. in that way yeah it's i like that aspect it's like uh You're right it is the cat, the cat is a way for them to, to sort of like further the plot a lot of times like the cat is like you know how like we have i always complain about save the cat if you guys are familiar with save the cat kind of save it, the cat is a book written, written by a screenwriter named blake snyder he wrote the movie i believe he wrote the movie blank check um he wrote a book starring ben affleck 
or no, that's oh no, that check. one with the. I remember that when I was a kid. The kid gets a yeah, check. The kid gets a check. Be right. He buys everything that's like not yeah. worth a million dollars. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so he wrote that movie and he wrote this book, which is a guru book. It's a screenwriting guru book, and it's fucking annoying because it's one of the books that people want to read, along with like Robert McKee's story or uh, Sid Field's screenplay. Like it's one of those books. R the hero's journey. So it's a like, like the. Like the kind of thing they make fun of in adaptation. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So, so save the cat. One of the one of the the tenets of save the cat. It breaks down the structure of how a movie should be structured. And there's this idea of saving the hero must do something, and he must save the cat so that the audience is endeared to the to the hero. It's bullshit because you don't need to do that. We, but- weird, weird. A guy named Snyder wrote a book that <laughs> emphasizes we need to see the hero saving people. Isn't that ironic? Shout out to uh, Zack Snyder. Shout out, shout out to Zack Snyder. <laughs> I'm not going to show my Superman doing anything heroic. I'm going to see him destroy businesses and destroy people. Cool. Recreating 9-11. To be fair, they um, all- 9-11 Infinity. <laughs> Even Marvel recreate 9-11. But, that's, it's, yeah. But, so yeah, this cat is one of the one of the plot devices in this movie where, like, pretty much when they don't know where to go, just follow the cat. The cat will go somewhere. Yeah, and, it's their like, white rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost, I don't know if you want to call the cat a MacGuffin. No, the, the gun that they find is more of a MacGuffin. That's, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That, it, like a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror, so, so, well, the cat, they come up to get the cat, right? And, and of course, he's, she's, she thinks he's something's wrong with him. Her friend even says, he's, de- is he dead? Of course he's not. Because <laughs> he got, he got <laughs> mowed down by a cat. Or the cat, the cat, like, went out, like, spooked him or something he, he sat up and said your cat's heavy and made a joke and, and i liked that yeah. that was funny it was cute laugh, and because, then it, yeah, you know what i believe him <laughs> it looked like a heavy cat no um so then right, goes, a cat, you, cat can throw their body around so yeah it's true it's true i mean it's not one of those Jap- japan hat is known for those cats that are like <laughs> yeah they're a little it was, chaco was like a little petite yeah it wasn't one of those or so cats. but that's why that what makes his line like ah oh, your cat's heavy funnier so they, after that, we see them, he's like with them in a restaurant and he's like literally like wolfing down like a bowl. <laughs> spaghetti. It looks, <laughs> like it doesn't even look like ramen. It's just spaghetti. I think it's like, uh, what kind of noodles are they? I, I, I'm pretty, actually, no, I think, I think it is spaghetti. Cause when he goes back. Oh, it's an Italian like restaurant. Them. Yes. Oh, a sign yeah, it's an Italian sign. restaurant. It's like, Sayo. It's, it's, it. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's the like sign a cartoon is like a Italian, Italian chef on their yeah, sandwich yeah. board outside. Yeah. And and so he's eating the food and they're, I guess, at a certain point, right? Like, I re- it's really funny. Like, a guy comes over and he looks at him. He's just like a guy who's like works there. He's like a waiter. Like, Whose yeah. cat is this? Yeah. And he's looking at him like, and he's like really doesn't like him. Right. But then the girl sort of steps in. Mari says it's my cat and he's very nice and cordial with her and sweet with her but at the same time he's like look like giving him like the fucking meanest face he could possibly muster he's like Rrr. he's doing a lot of eyebrow acting he's grilling like <laughs> bugging him right and you're like oh shit like, okay like you've got a lot of fucked up energy for this guy uh <laughs> so uh he walks away and and then they're gonna they're gonna leave he thanks he thanks the girls for buying him buying him food and this is where the sort of like the money the girl comes from money thing kind this of this is in there where, where the bill is supposed okay. to be 2,600 yen or something like that. I'm not yeah, yeah. use currency. But but uh, she did have it, but she lost her wallet. And then her friends- I wish we had seen that. Yeah. I yeah. wish we had seen that, I, I will say. 
she didn't she doesn't have it her friend says well i just spent all these money on these nintendo games so i'm <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh i guess that at that point uh he has some money or it's like some little satchel a little leather satchel on his necklace next yeah he pulls out i like, think that's a thing in japan yeah yeah it must be a thing or especially back then i mean this is from like 87 so, yeah I, yeah that's another thing to take into account is that like this is from the 80s late 80s this is so yeah. wonderfully 80s yeah. i love it oh my god but but problem, yeah he takes he offers to pay but he only has 200 yeah. yen in yeah, little 2000 2000 2000 which is probably like two dollars. I don't know, but it's it, I, a very, very rough guide is to imagine like yen as if we did all our prices in cents. Yeah, that's what I figured. It gives you a, a loose, yeah, yeah. idea of. Uh, so he's short six hundred, but he tells them to don't worry about it. I'll take care of it, right? So they leave, <laughs> and then he's in the back, and of course he's talking to the manager, and he's like, "You need to give me like I'll pay thousands." Because you're, I'll, I'll do your dishes and yeah, yeah. He's like your asshole server was mean to me for no fucking. Reason. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> because he got, especially because he got he got into an argument with that exact same server earlier. Yeah. And like many, like many of the uh, action set pieces in this movie, um, it all, it all just breaks out into kicking. Why? Well, yeah, I I went into this movie kind of blind. So the first 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, this is like a romantic comedy, which, which it is kind of also. But then, yeah, he, he, he can't convince the manager to give him a discount or let him work the debt off. And so it just becomes a fight. He like kicks him through the glass. It's like it becomes <laughs> a cannon movie. Um, yeah, it, it immediately a melee breaks out. And like, shit, you know, he's he beats them all. What no, what's even better? I don't know if either of you noticed like uh like during the whole like that whole prolonged chase scene. I think it's like just at the beginning of it, like as uh uh now memor- is it, I what is this it, I, I wrote it, it down. It, it, she, 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 there's a joke about delinquent. his name sounding funny, which I guess like De- I delinquent del- guy. does across the language. Uh, Fumi Fumimaro Ichi Joji. Fumimaro. Fumimaro. He's running like it's just as he's running out of the restaurant and like the like restaurant here and his like mooks are running behind him. And one of them, I swear to God, is is carrying a giant fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big massive wooden fork. It's like like a like it's like a, a pitchfork. It's just a giant fork. <laughs> right. And then he sees uh he thinks that that the girls left, but before there's a moment, there's a scene with the two girls outside when he's still inside. Yeah, she's like, this guy's bad news. Like, and if your parents find out you skip school, they're going to be like mad. And yeah. yeah, she she tells her friend basically like, like she's like, I, I like she's like, no, I'm in love. She's immediately in love, which yeah, I like from, yeah. you know what? We also don't need that to be explained. Right. Like love works in weird, mysterious ways. Like some of the best like romances and like romance movies, like they're, they're not like they, they play into more that like fairy tale kind of idea of love, like a love at first sight or like, you know, latching onto like, you know, that is like a, like a red string of fate. Like it doesn't need to be justified like that sort of relationship and which she, is 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 nice like every now and then she just seems to think it's super hot that he's like a 
Oh, she's a, well, a she's bad right. boy who can really put the spaghetti away. She's just immediately I, that, bad. I I agree though. That is like this is this is like incels. Listen up. This is how you win a girl. You just you just gotta also be really good at kicking too. Dining, dashing, and all that good shit. Yeah, dining, but- <laughs> dashing, cat yeah. rescuing. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so he thinks they're gone, right? But Mary's waiting for him outside. He turns around, sees her, and smiles. And she asks him, like, did you take care of, uh, you know, that, that uh, restaurant? It's like, yeah, it's fine. You're I did. Fine. It's all good. <laughs> immediately when the whole staff <laughs> runs out <laughs> chasing after him. And she's like, you're a liar. And he's like, all right. <laughs> you lied. So they, they, they run. And this is when we first encounter the police, the police officers, right? So the police officers. <laughs> Like, oink, oink. Right, they're like fucking with these two young kids, right? These two young Japanese guys. One, these two chubby, bikers. Yeah, one's a chubby guy with a motorcycle outfit, and then this is friend and like curly he's, hair. Yeah, broccoli kind of hair, kind of. He looks like a zoomer a little bit, but he's not obviously the same. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> but 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 you know, so as they're rousting them, um, they come running past, and they run by, and then the whole kitchen, like the restaurant guys, come and like. <laughs> It breaks out into a fight. Everyone is fighting. He throws a plate at them and it smashes the cop in the head, like right across the face. I I clapped. I clapped. Yeah, he was whipping that thing around like uh, Xena or something, man. That was a good bit. Right. And what's funny is like, that it breaks out with a fight between the two cops. Yeah. Guys, and then the keep then the guys like, no, 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 officer, officer, they dined and they dined and dashed. So immediately they're already running away right. by this point. Like, oh. So everyone's just punching each other. It's so good. It's like it's like a Monty Python bit for like a couple seconds. Right. So they go on the run, the cops chase after them. And I think at there's a certain moment where um the girl's going after her cat, right? Yeah, she's looking for Choco because she has a really shitty wicker basket. That the cat just keeps uh, getting out of constantly. Cat, yeah, girl. First well, first of all, I let's I, I do want to RIP Chaco. Uh Chaco gave gave his life for for love. Um, but I do think it's pretty sus that like well, hopefully, well, she did get like he got her like a cat well, that looked we'll, we'll the exact same way. The, but like I hope she didn't name it Chaco. End. But anyways. that within every normal system, there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society, 